Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 295, episode 3 of Dear Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Thursday, July 13th, 2023. My name's Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Oh, can't you see, Ron DeSantis, man, no one likes you even in the least. Hee hee hee. What's that you say, Ron DeSantis, man? Your general vibe is off-putting and bleak. A hee-hee-hee, a Ron no-no. That is courtesy of Pat on the Discord. Just Pat. Pat says, kind of low effort on my part. Uh, not low effort enough for me, Pat. I, lo- I love it. Thank I you, sir. I love it. hee hee he should be. A hee <laughs> I went with a Michael Jackson direction on that one. You know? <laughs> Good. Well. I'm thrilled to be joined by a very special guest co-host, the producer behind shows like Fake Doctors, Real Friends. Welcome to our show. A brilliant writer who you can read at Vulture, the AV Club, Team Book, Pace, The Advocate. You've heard her on Pop Culture Happy Hour. It's the brilliant, the talented, Joelle Moni! You guys have to add filmmaker to the, the list now. Filmmaker. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. back in her filmmaking bag now. Hell yeah. Excited. On Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all the film nerds just pouring out. But yeah, yeah. I'm excited to be back, Jack. How nice. it feels Tell me like... about the film, the filmmaking. Oh, my gosh. I'm executive producing a short, which is a wild thing to say. People ask me what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm still not sure yet. It's a lot of email campaigns, a lot of, yes, we can get that after, grants. It's basically money and paperwork, which is a very interesting and new side of filmmaking for me. But I'm excited because my friends from college, 
He's my cinematographer. His name's David Chari. He went to AFI. He's been making movies, but he wanted to challenge himself to make something he's never done before. So he's doing a, a one take film. So it's 19 one minutes, Ooh. one shot. We're just going straight through. How uh, many minutes? 19. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. It's a yeah. long shot. Yeah. It's, it's a it. really long shot. Bit of a Russian arc situation. Russian yeah. arc. Hey, Jack, with your Thank you. First this is my movie. second <laughs> film, deep cut film <laughs> reference to a movie I haven't seen. Yeah. Off mic, you were talking about the red violin. Did a red violin. Yeah. We pitched a uh, red violin type style uh, film that follows a dare t-shirt off mic. So, this yeah. is my next film. I've already decided. We're just going to add it to the roster. There it is. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, Amazing. so we're excited. It's going to be, uh, it's a mystery thriller satire. So it's it's funny. It's kind of dark and twisty. It's very surprising. If you want to learn more about it, you can follow me over on Instagram. Uh, so that's, yes, those what's been happening in my world. And I'm excited to be back here with you. Well, we're excited to have you. And we're also <laughs> excited to be joined in our third seat by another stalwart of the film scene very talented mm-hmm. writer yeah. stand-up comedian podcast host of the bechdel cast she also happens to have a master's degree in film film mm-hmm. the most film. anagrammable name in the english language it's caitlin durante Hello. glad up, to be caitlin? back it's great to have you now you are wearing a t-shirt that says night paint it says paint night paint night <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Actually, night or night paint, but paint night. So, do either of you know what paint night is? I, I no, guessing familiar. by your shirt, which is black with a beautiful splash of color right mm-hmm. over the P. Uh, I assumed it's either for couples and it's very romantic, and or friend groups and there's some drinking and you paint and it's nighttime. How close am I? Nailed it. Yes. Damn. Damn. So yes. I'm wearing this shirt. I have this shirt because I was formerly a paint night instructor oh. for the first few months I lived in L.A. That's right. Not to brag or anything, but Flex. Um, Flex. I would show up. I'd set up the event and then people would show up often either on a date or it was a lot of friend groups. It was a lot of like middle-aged women who were there to get drunk with their friends things like that and you would usually paint a tree (laughs) it was almost always a tree and i would kind of guide you through how to make this painting because i'm among so many other talents and you're a a painter painter. wow but make no mistake i'm not a good painter um you do not have to be a very good painter to be a paint night instructor you just kind of it's sort of it's not quite paint by numbers because you're like it's acrylic paints and you're like blending you're mixing colors mm. There's blending all and kinds mixing of, mm. yeah yeah they, those are two different things stuff. <laughs> little, little little known fact but yeah so i would be like here's how you paint this tree and then they would paint it and then they would get drunk and i'd have to like sell my soul to be like please buy a raffle ticket to another paint night event and then i would keep the money it was it was uh you know and then oh here's a fun story also when i was first living in la i was very broke and people would usually order food because these would take place at generally like restaurants uh Mm -hmm. there would be like a separate room and then people would order food and then they would leave a lot of it behind 
So I would just take eat their leftovers. Shit. Oh, yeah. Them. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would. That's that's poor survival 101. Free yeah. food, never pass it up. Never okay? pass it up. I used to work at an AMC, and at the end of the night, guess where those oh. hot dogs went? Oh, straight home with me, baby. Yeah, I like. There would be like a half-eaten piece of pizza that I would eat. I wouldn't even cut off that. You wouldn't even cut off the part. This was pre-COVID. This was pre-COVID. I threw caution to the wind. Okay. I love it. I I ate my weight like when I was a waiter. I ate my weight in leftover fries, like Mm -hmm. which fries don't even keep that well. But they they had a little a little sauce that brought them back to life. So yeah, (laughs) just hurriedly sh- shoveling cold fries into my mouth over a trash can. Oh, yeah. You're like, no, I'm throwing this away. What are you talking uh, about? Is, the life. Uh, yeah, truly. All right. Well, Caitlin, we're going to get to know you a little bit better, including I, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the new Wonka trailer, oh. uh, which appears to just be Paddington with, with, with Timothy Chalamet as a funny little guy instead of Paddington, mm-hmm. like, in there. Mm-hmm. But first, a few of the things we're talking about. Uh, Tucker Carlson, uh, I'm kind of proud of it. If Tucker Carlson vlogs in the woods and nobody watches, does Tucker Carlson actually <laughs> vlog? Because it turns out we we had raised the question. Everybody was like, oh, he's on Twitter now. And like his first video was seen by the equivalent of like the entire U.S. population were, were fucked. And then like the other day, I think, on this show, I was like, wait, did... He never dropped a second episode, huh? And I was like, yeah, no, like Fox News sent a season to desist. And I think he just like never got around. He's had eight episodes since then. And just nobody's really watching them or it's it's not making much of a mark. So we're going to look at Tucky's numbers and uh, just the question of like how much of the, their whole bullshit is just, you know, media about their media and like them just make themselves seem more important and popular than they actually are. We will catch up on we're we're at an interesting place with regards to AI and po- the popular imagination and AI is the villain in the upcoming Mission Impossible movie. So we're just going to talk about that and some of the claims we're seeing in headlines and how they hold up to the truth. All of that. Plenty more. But first, Caitlin Mm-hmm. I'd love to ask you, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? I googled first movie to show a toilet flushing. On yes. <laughs> Which one was it? Well, it is the movie Psycho by Mr. Alfred Hitchcock. It would be. <laughs> well, I googled is that like it against because... the Hayes Code or something? Um, honestly, I feel like it maybe it would have been or like just the idea of toilets or, you know, like pooping would be mm-hmm. considered too improper by the code. But by the 60s, which I think the movie came out in 1960, you know, the code people were, people were taking some liberties. People were taking some nasty shit <laughs> and were just ready to see it confronted in their in their yeah. entertainment. 
Yeah, that movie was like the old boy of its day. Like every, like uh, they were like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna like throw this twist in where like the star dies halfway through, and mm-hmm. also we're gonna show you a fucking toilet, people. Yeah, like, I I do wonder if people were scandalized by that. That was that was a movie when it came out where everyone was like, people are like throwing up in theaters and just mm-hmm. running out of the running out of the theater because they're so scared of it like that was it was a big big rage so yeah i wonder if it was the toilet that got him. it was the toilet that <laughs> absolutely disgusted people well i googled it because i i go to a trivia night sometimes i'm not just a paint night person i yeah. also do trivia i don't host the trivia <laughs> all the nights, nights. Yeah. I every every night of the week there's a night for me and I will go and play like pub trivia and there's this one that I frequent and they will post like one question ahead of time that you can look up and like so it's basically like a freebie but so you have to like follow the account and then you get this like freebie question. And the question I think was what 1960 horror movie was the first movie to show a toilet flushing on screen. So I was like, oh, I have to know this. And then I, I knew it. And you Googled it. So you Googled the answer while you were doing the thing. You're a cheater at trivia is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you're damn. Well, I, well, I wish, but I didn't even end up going to the, the trivia that night. Oh, okay. Got it. So I was like, oh, now I know the answer and I can s- stay home. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I want you guys to know that it was... The Hays Code, uh, they considered toilets vulgar. Mm. Yeah. But in the 60s, they started to loosen the code. And they were concerned because there's toilet paper in it. And they were like, contents in a toilet, disgusting. We don't know about that. But they were like, listen, you can't see any actual body material in the toilet. So relax. Yeah. Okay. And they did. And uh, then it got out there. And I think that's hilarious. We were scared of toilets for a while in our cinema. Mm-hmm. What would children have done? <laughs> What was and the context? Now, For some reason, I so I was remembering the like swirling shot of like where the camera like swirls in on her eye, like as she's dying in the shower, and then mm-hmm. the camera like kind of swirls around the swirling water <laughs> yeah. in the. And I assumed that it was like a match to that, <laughs> and they just like went to a toilet and showed like a toilet totally. swirling. But that that's I don't not what remember, happened, honestly. Yeah. I'm trying to see if Just I can see cut it. to somebody flushing a toilet, like finishing up their business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Norman Bates is like, yeah. oops, I have to take a break from Psycho's murder to poop take too. a pee-pee. Yeah, well, amazing. What is, uh, what's something that you think is overrated? I think that Wes Anderson is overrated. <laughs> let the chopper sing <laughs> talk to what exactly about Wes Anderson is overrated I think look I he just tells the same quirky little story over and over again granted I have not seen Asteroid City yet so maybe this one will just blow me away and I will be excited again uh, to be clear, there was a time period where I did like his work, but I don't know. Maybe I think it's just like too repetitive. Mm. I don't know. And but like, yeah, I get it. Like he's an auteur, so he's going to have a distinct style that he mm. kind of just keeps recycling over and over. Mm, but like, I don't know. I just like 
find his quirky little quirkiness a bit tiresome these days. Yeah. What I'm era sorry, of Wes well, Anderson were when you were rocking you in? with yeah. him? Yeah. I would say, well, the peak for me was Fantastic Mr. Fox. Hell yeah. That was like, a probably my favorite of his and leading up to but then like after that i felt like there was just a decline Comes next, moonrise kingdom i think that one was like ah, oh, okay it's fine and then All right. and then again another controversial take here but i thought that isle of dogs was <laughs> speaking of toilets yeah Oh, gosh. But I think that's totally fair. I Okay, here's my experience watching almost every Wes Anderson film. Just like, gosh, that's really pretty. Oh, it's Owen Wilson. He's always delightful. Mm-hmm. Costumes should get credit. Wow, the fits are fitting. That movie was that I'll never watch it again. And don't, and don't mm-hmm. revisit Wes Anderson films. They're, like, very beautiful. I feel like... They have just enough story to avoid being museum pieces. You know what I mean? You ever seen a movie in a museum? Yeah, right. But it's like, tell me the plot of any Wes Anderson movie. You can't, like, I can't do it. Like, I don't, like, they just don't stick with me. I feel like it's just like, you see a frame and you're like, wow, look at all that headroom. That's nice. And look at this (laughs) mise-en-scene. Woohoo. And then you're like, but what was the plot? And also... Why did I watch it? <laughs> yeah. Pretty I feel pictures. like he is going to be the least likely filmmaker to for you to be like, oh, he really surprised me on this one. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is not I did not see this one coming. I think his <laughs> like French dispatch was his attempt to do something different. And mm-hmm. I think it's like his it's definitely my least favorite of his movies. I skipped and, it. I couldn't be bothered. Yeah. But it's it also seems like I, I don't see that many people like riding for that one. Usually, like, I feel like his movies are some people really like it. Some people really hate it. And, you know, it's it's kind of random. Like, I really like Grand Budapest Hotel, but I don't like mm-hmm. a lot of the ones around that. Sure. And that's kind of the only later era one that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But. A lot of people like really love the uh, Life Aquatic. I've never really connected with that one. Me either. But yeah, French Dispatch felt like people were like, "Huh, we're not, we're not going with you on this one." There, there are some like really good performances in it. Yeah, I don't know. I like part of me wants to see the Asteroid City one because I don't know. It it just looks like the he's instead of trying to do something different, he's like, "I'm going to do the same." So hard. (laughs) Oh, you didn't like it when I tried something new? Well, fine. I'll do the thing again. Yeah. How about if Wes Anderson tried to make a Wes Anderson movie? He like got jealous of all the people being like on social media being like, what if your day was a Wes Anderson movie? And it's so wild to me that he was upset about that. Like I was really trying to Was he upset about that? I was Yeah. Oh wow. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he came out. He was like, "I would never look at those." And people were like, "It's like people are just homaging your film for like that." I think like the highest form of flattery is like the entire internet got together and was like, "I think your aesthetic is so utterly charming. I'm gonna place myself inside of it." It was. I, I really liked the meme. I thought it was cute. Disappointing. Court your fan base, please. I think it's. Mm-mm. This is the best a parasocial relationship can be. Is just to say, "Hey guys, I see you, and I liked what you did, and thank you," and then just move on. Yeah. 
I don't know. I wonder if it's also like he, it would just be like he he's worried it would like fuck him up a little bit to see everybody's <laughs> like version of him. The way that like seeing someone do an impression of you can be a little unnerving for the first time, you know? That is fair. That, okay, maybe. Or maybe he's just an asshole. I, I couldn't possibly imagine <laughs> a universe where that's true. Uh, it's from Wes Anderson. It's got his quote directly. So, okay, so Wes Anderson said about the memes i'm very good at protecting myself from seeing all that stuff if somebody sends me something like that i'll immediately erase it and say please sorry do not send me things of people doing me because i do not want to look at it thinking is that what i do is that what i mean i don't want to see too much of someone else thinking about what i try to be because god knows i could then start doing it so to your point jack this is a form of self-protection and not a dismissal of his fans yeah Okay. And, all right. Okay. Also, <laughs> he he does betray in that quote, like a little bit of like a thing I always suspect about anybody who got famous before like a certain point, like that they just like don't know how technology works. <laughs> like if someone sends me something, I erase it. Like, <laughs> what do you mean you erase it? The the link that they sent to you, you like go. Yeah, they and, delete it from internet.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh man what uh caitlin what's something you think is underrated all right continuing on the on the movie train choo choo yeah mission impossible four people okay. are not out Ghost here Pro. riding for mission impossible four specifically the way that i think they should people are like oh wow rogue nation oh wow the uh, number six one. Oh, i really love number three no there's no love ever for mission impossible for ghost protocol oh i think that's the best one i think so too it's so good i know but no we are alone in this world i think Jack. i thought i thought that one was the one where everyone was like okay this like, I, I thought that one kind of picked it up, at least in, like, the critical consensus. Like, three, two was not good. It was stinky. It was another it toilet was movie. Hair commercial. <laughs> it was a hair. Like, he just, it was just glamour shots of Tom Cruise and then mm-hmm. Tom Cruise doing impossible things, but not in the way that we, t- like, d- jumping a motorcycle, mm-hmm. be not off of something, just making it jump somehow. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then three was like kind of eh, but like four seemed every everybody seemed on board with it and like brad bird First was so, all, so huge back then right four was yeah. so fucking fire i had to yeah. look it up because i couldn't remember i don't remember if we just say numbers i'm like i've seen so many mission sorry mission- joel Gr- mission impossible ghost protocol <laughs> so okay that, that, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, ought yeah, to yeah, clear yeah. it up Get for with you with the okay. program again yes. Not plot, but I remember places. Y'all remember Tom Cruise hanging off the side of a building, just scaling one of the tallest, the tallest building buildings in the, world? in the world. The window, and then his gloves are failing, and then a sandstorm yeah. is coming. Yeah. All while they're trying to do a switcheroo inside the building. Yeah. Fucking fantastic. But yeah. I was just on the listen. I, fuck Tom Cruise, but man, makes yeah. a good movie. I'm sorry, it it's, it's really true. fucking good, and it's like the intensity is so great. We have Paula. Patton, a black woman in here just being the hot lady that's walking around in gorgeous dresses. We love to see it. Like, yeah. Ghost and Ghost Protocol, just title alone. Cool name. Peak. But then you also get, um, if you're a person who really loves the relationships in Mission Impossible, there's like a lot of 
heart coming through when he gets back with his lady, I think. Spoiler alert. At the end, he's like, oh, God, I see my girl and I love her. This is also the movie where the final villain is just raining cars on people. And Tom's got like, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, Ghost yeah. Protocol freaking rocks, dude. One of those car lift things that mm-hmm. I've always like seen passing by like on a, on a highway and been like, that can't be like a, <laughs> the best way to store cars. <laughs> How does this work? Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's, is that not the first one where like Simon Pegg is pretty heavily involved both as a cast member and I think so. on the like kind of writing team? Yeah, I think that's yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's good. But people are like, some, what is the sixth one called? <laughs> I, keep, I keep trying to conjure. Fallout. I think that's Fallout. Oh, Fallout. People yeah. are like, oh, remember the fight in the bathroom when they're punching each Listen. other? I'm like, what about the fourth movie, though? Yeah. What the, about the anyway. fourth? Arm slash Guncock is an iconic moment in Mission Impossible <laughs> history. And yeah. the sexuality of this country. We all really changed and evolved over that two second. <laughs> Henry Cavill? Is that who <laughs> yes. we're talking about? Are we yes. talking about Henry Cavill's arm? He had a mustache and he, he like, was cocking his, his arms like they were guns. It was yeah. the time mm. to be alive. Uh, yeah. We were two years from COVID. We were innocent. We didn't know. We did yeah. not know. But yeah, as a whole, I don't know if it beats out MI4 for me. MI4 and- best. I wonder if there's some intentional, like, kind of diminishing of Ghost Protocol, because everything since then, I think, has been Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise, and they, like, partner on everything. So maybe they're, Mm -hmm. you know, they just don't want to talk about it and, like, emphasize it as much. But I do feel like, like, people who are into movies, that is their favorite Mission Impossible movie. So if if you have somehow missed it, if you've fallen into the... Cruise Macquarie gray out of Ghost Protocol, you know, de- definitely check it out. It's a yeah. it's a blast. Love it. All right. Have you seen the new one? Came out, I believe, last night. Oh, did it? Oh, for like yeah. as a early release. No, I have uh, an AMC A-list stubs Ow. reservation. Flex. We come to this place for magic, of course. We yes, do. we do. Yes. We do. And we <laughs> wear sparkly pants for... <laughs> and high heels <laughs> and walk through puddles. I am seeing it on Saturday morning. Nice. nice. I think I need to get that. The, my last trip to the movies with my kids to see Across the Spider-Verse, which, by the way, I, I do want to get your opinion on that, Caitlin. Oh, my gosh. Since we you are must the person who made it. me watch uh, Into the Spider-Verse Ugh. with my son when he was... You didn't make me, but you told me. <laughs> I you know, held you, you at knife You point. got me so excited <laughs> about that movie. I was like, we're going to watch this even though you're three. And mm. he loved it, and he loved this one. But the yeah. line at the concessions, they finally wore me down, where the line <laughs> was like a Disney World line. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, it was not moving. It was 30 minutes of waiting to get the concessions. Oh, no. Yeah. So, yeah, you get um, yourself a little Stubbs car, you could just pre-order that. Yeah. And then you walk up, you're ready. Although, I do recommend not pre-ordering your popcorn. If you go first thing in the morning, listen, here's a tip. If you're going first thing in the morning, like Caitlin's going Saturday morning, you can pre-order your popcorn because they pop their popcorn fresh in the morning and it's totally fine and it'll be tasty. If you're going to a movie after three o'clock, get your popcorn in the AMC Gold line because it's popcorn that they popped like four hours ago and it's all crumbly and it's just not good. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back. I have two different films that I want to ask Caitlin about. We'll be right back. 
Hey, here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Visible is the wireless company that makes wireless visible. No hidden fees, no really. Save on wireless with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. And Caitlin, you are famously a a huge proponent of Paddington, Paddington 2, Mm -hmm. and Paddington Mm -hmm. 3, the Willy Wonka origin story, (laughs) (laughs) which seems to be what... Well, we've just seen a trailer for. So we we took a little break. We stopped down during the break to for everybody to watch the Wonka. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Wonka? Wonka. Yes. Just Wonka. Cut the Willy and Chocolate Factory. Just Wonka. Mm-hmm. It's cleaner. Mm-hmm. So it has a lot of like the Paddingtonian like charms and like it feels like it takes place in the same universe as Paddington in certain certain parts i mean from what i can tell they're recycling sets from yeah the paddington movies they're right? recycling the cast of the paddington movies mm-hmm. yeah. and obviously it's mm-hmm. the same director and screenwriter as i mean paul king directed both paddington one and two except for not three which i'm a little nervous about but uh and then simon farnaby is that his name 
Oh uh, my god, I hope it is. <laughs> Simon <laughs> Farnaby? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so <laughs> British. Um, <laughs> Farnaby, get over he, here. He co-wrote the screenplay for Paddington 2. He's also the guy who plays the guard in both Paddington movies. He has okay. like a little bit part. Does he have a mustache and kind of a round face? No mustache, but he's got... I would actually call it more of a square face. Okay. And he's the guy who... The joke is that he's attracted to men who are dressed as women. So the implications of that and the it being framed as a joke is a little uh, questionable, but he that's like his gimmick in both movies. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so, okay, this guy... That's about what I'd expect a Simon Farnaby to look like. He's got wild hair. <laughs> but yeah, it, it just seems like, and there's some like mildly problematic, like, I don't know, white saviorism stuff happening here. And mm. uh, somebody who like at one point steps out of a car that seems to be completely full of shit. Which oh. I'm, I'm not sure what, or maybe that's I think chocolate. That chocolate. That's chocolate. <laughs> I think that it is was like that looks like horse bun. <laughs> you, know, you know the movie about a man who makes chocolate. Uh, there's a car full of shit. <laughs> car full it. of shit. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think Keegan Michael Key is in a fat suit at one point. Oh, boy. like killing man, it. I'm yeah. not sure about this movie. I also have so much Timothy Chalamet. Fatigue? What's the word? Fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very fatigued. Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, so, the young lad is talented. I quite liked his performance in Dune. He was doing the thing. He cares he doing about it, it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, it seems, I can't even necessarily say Miss Cass. It just doesn't, nothing seems to quite be coming together. In a way that gives you the uh, warm gooeys that a Paddington gives you, perhaps because Paddington is an animated bear and mm. precocious and adorable beyond all measure. And that's a boy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he's he's a, a very famous guy whose face we're all familiar with. It just lacks the whole uh, suspension of disbelief required to kind of sink into like oh it's a cozy british movie and it was funny because as the credits were rolling they're like from the team that brought you paddington and the producers of harry potter i said of course of course they did this look at these aerial shots of cg spaces completely unnecessarily britain mm-hmm. is no shortage of adorable little shops you could film at and or imitate why are we here in this like cement circle space i didn't understand any of the choices made i wasn't getting the tone or story that I think one would hope for and I also think Oompa Loompas are so problematic and you can't just keep doing this with Roald Dahl properties and being like so we know racism was involved but we just ran in the other direction so it's totally fine mm-hmm. we are not uh, addressing it but also we're not giving up these properties so here yeah. it's a formerly racist thing right in your face uh, enjoy it's cute now though it's charming it's not it's very annoying but now Hugh Grant plays the now it asks the question so what if Hugh Grant awesome. was orange <laughs> Yeah, I will say I, I got the smallest chuckle out of once we start, we can't stop dancing, and Hugh Grant's ass is just in the air. I was like, yeah. was I bet this movie gets me at points because they know how to trigger someone into crying and or like being like, oh, but I doubt it's cohesive as an entire film is where I'm we'll at based see. off that trailer. We will see. Willy Wonka is a creep in the movies that succeed. Like, he's... Mm-hmm. I, 
so I, I'm not sure what they're doing, what they're going to do with that part. Like that, right. that is kind of what's fun about him is there's like an edge of danger there. Mm-hmm. And this just seems to be like he's the story of a, an amazing magical kid who's good at everything <laughs> and like yeah. has a lot of a lot of whimsy and gumption. Mm-hmm. Anyways, and and then across the Spider Verse, just mm-hmm. uh, oh, yes. full triumph. Oh, best movie I've mm. ever seen. Maybe it's a blast. Yeah, I loved it. So good. Okay. All right. Speaking of it? best <laughs> movies we've ever seen, <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, it's it, it's great. Yeah, not great. Tucker yeah. Carlson's Man of the Woods era seems to be. So I don't know. His his show dropped. There's like the announcement that everybody made a big deal about got 137 million tweet views. Not that's not people who viewed the video. That's people who saw the tweet. Episode 1 120 million. That's like a big portion of the US population. And then it kind of disappeared off my radar. I did not know what what was happening. But yeah, so so there's like this new thing making the rounds because he's interviewing accused rapist Andrew Tate for mm. what appears to be two and a half hours. Ugh. Seems to be too many hours for that interview to take <laughs> place. And but the most surprising thing for me was that it is episode eight of his show. We've they they've kept making them and just like nobody like really noticed or gave a shit. They they seemed there seemed to be a promise with like the announcement in the first episode, like Elon and Carlson together now, you know you're in trouble, friends. <laughs> and it's just it, it doesn't seem to have taken. And now I think that's where the Andrew Tate thing's coming from. Presumably like the liver king is is coming to the show soon because it's just like, well, this person's popular on the internet, right? We'll we'll go with them. Anything for ratings. Anything for ra- anything for them. Sweet internet ratings. <laughs> but yeah, the the numbers go from 120 million tweet views on the first to 60 million to uh, there was Trump got indicted, so it bounced back up to 104, but down to 32 million, oh. then 17, 15, 8.6 million tweet views on the last one, which, yeah. I think in the world of trend forecasting, that's known as a death spiral, but you can actually see the spiral shape because there's a trailing tale of panicked diarrhea. Behind <laughs> it. Yeah. That's, that's, no, that's the official. I'm just reading that off. And it is chocolate. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I'm sure there's going to be an uptick with the Andrew Tate interview, but uh, I don't know. I wonder if he's a victim of like Atomic Habits. You know, he's no longer on his, like, main network, right? So people who are just routinely yeah. watching Fox and, like, okay, so there we are. We're good. We can easily find him. Like, now you have to kind of go searching for him. And then Twitter is imploding, like, <laughs> rapidly. Mm-hmm. And so, because I don't think his base, at least from what I know, has been is discouraged or off of watching him. I doubt it's his actual popularity and so much of shifting I want it to be his popularity. I just think it's probably more likely that all of the shifting of platforms and the ever-changing social media landscape as it exists currently might be interfering overall with people just naturally being able to find him. Yeah. Also, these numbers are tweet views, right? So it doesn't even mean that the person watched the episode. 
Is that yeah. right? So we actually found those numbers okay. for like people who actually watched the episode. And first of all, these numbers are wildly inflated because in order to count as a video view, you just have to have watched it for two seconds. But they're oh. like all a fraction of the numbers that were that you would see on the tweet views. Like his episode one was not viewed by 120 million people. The actual episode was viewed 26.7 million times for at least two seconds. And his latest one was not 8.6 million. It was 3.8 million, which, again, that's two seconds of viewing. That's about as much as his, like, TV show ratings where, like, people actually have to watch, like, a chunk of the episode in order for it to count. Like, mm. And this is, like, you know, 3.8 million people glancing past it, watching it for two seconds accidentally and then being like, no, thanks. So and the trend is just very has to be a little discouraging. So I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of tweets from Elon Musk being like, these numbers are actually great. And, you know, he's going to be pushing these really hard to get the numbers back up because this drastically undercuts his narrative that Twitter is like the future of media and that he's doing a good job, I think, is actually the main part of his narrative. But. I also I also just think that there's there there is certainly a sizable portion like too large a portion of the population that watches Tucker Carlson and thinks he makes sense and shit like that but a frighteningly large yeah. proportion but I think they have in the mainstream media and like our media echo chamber have like over made us overestimate how big that is and like they're like the far right movement like, mm -hmm. I, I think they're finding out, like, in a, a bunch of ways across a bunch of different stories, like, we're finding out the the book bands are, like, only, like, there's, like, a handful of people who mm -hmm. made the book bands happen. The, right. Like, Mothers for Liberty is, like, a loose assortment of people, like, from across the country who are, like, they're not even from the school boards or the school districts that they are terrorizing. And... Like the midterms were, I think a lot of people were like, oh, this will be a wake up call. This should be a wake up call. People don't like when the Republican Party goes in this like far right direction or at least not enough people like it. So I don't know. It, it just feels like we've been seeing stories repeatedly that's like people aren't like this crazy, you know, like the the like super mm -hmm. far right is not as big as they appear to be when in in the mainstream media and like when you're when you're seeing the news stories that like they generate there's like a lot of the Westboro Baptist Church effect happening where that organization which actually was just a family out in Kansas was able to like dominate mainstream media coverage for like a decade you know mm -hmm. it's like the by being outrageous and infuriating you're able to make yourself seem like you're one of the biggest, most important like cultural movements sure. in, instead of just being, you know, kind of making a lot of people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a the whole digital masking as well. If you think about, you know, the way Facebook drove us from written work to video with false numbers a lot yeah. of people are claiming they're seeing similar trends on twitter and that oh, as sure. soon as they started showing stats under tweets people were like these numbers seem off as compared to like 
you know, people have independent trackers that like get all of this information from their Twitter handles and the numbers are not correlating. And so it wouldn't surprise me if even the generosity of those numbers under Tucker's show were, you know, being doctored from within. Yeah. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. And like, I, I don't know how they could have foreseen that a pivot to video would not work, you know, <laughs> decades after that, like basically broke the rest of the media. But that, that seems to be one of his main strategies. It's almost like Elon Musk's not that smart. Mm. Almost like Shocker. Elon Musk is not as smart as we've all been pretending he is. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about AI. Hey, here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Visible is the wireless company that makes wireless visible. No hidden fees, no really. Save on wireless with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. And so the latest Mission Impossible dropped last night or two nights ago. It's getting great reviews. 
It does indeed seem to be about Ethan Hunt battling a self-aware AI program known as the Entity, which, I don't know, this, like, he might as well, from, from my perspective, like, that is as dramatically impactful as, like, he's battling a wizard this time. <laughs> it's just like, okay, <laughs> well, that doesn't really make, sense to me or like it's not like really a thing and and that does when people are critical of the movie they seem to say like all the stuff about ai kind of drags a little bit but and, and visually it is depicted as basically an evil screensaver from 1999 like it's just okay I'm here black circle with <laughs> with like white dots of light 300 million dollar movie by the way mm-hmm. but it can so the main claim that the movie makes about this AI and I guess AI in general is that the program can also see the future, like very specifically through its predictive technology, mm-hmm. and that's like based on what we're seeing in news headlines, like the you know deep learning teaching computers to predict the future is like a headline I feel like I've seen a hundred times. Spooky artificial intelligence can accurately predict the future, and it's about to be asked more questions. AI can now predict crime before it happens, as we'll we'll get into in a moment. And oh, you mean like that movie Minority Report, also yeah, starring Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, he's he. I feel like his sense of reality is probably more blurred by the movies he's in than oh, any sure. other movie star. <laughs> like, I well, feel like... yeah, because he has an entire organization blurring his reality yeah. before he hits set, and then you're in that magical landscape where he's made himself king. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that that guy's not living on planet Earth. <laughs> he doesn't right. need mm-hmm. to. Yeah. the This movie actually was, like, written, it was supposed to come out, like, years ago, but the production famously shut down due to the coronavirus outbreak which according to reports in February 2020 was putting a real damper on offshore location shoots. Wow. (laughs) Gave us the Tom Cruise thing where it was clear that he thought he was the last barrier between like the end of the world and, you know, coronavirus just like killing everyone where, where he was like shouting at everyone. But first of all, I just want to say to AI, speaking of, I'd, I'd like to issue a big where were you on that one dipshit to the AI on predicting the global pandemic? Like, mm-hmm. couldn't we couldn't see that one coming? A lot of people saw it coming. People, just mere people saw it coming. <laughs> but yeah, the, the whole predicting the future thing seems to be vastly overstated. Like there's a, so the MIT researchers who had created a computer that could supposedly literally- You mean literally, Mission Impossible- Technology, <laughs> Mission Impossible technology, MI yeah, technology. MIT. Yes, yeah, yeah they they are uh, loosely associated, <laughs> but it was basically like they were predicting. They would show the computer a picture, and then the computer would predict like what would happen for the next one point five seconds in that picture. And like that, it was like someone walking across a golf course, and they were like, "Ah, that thing's about to keep walking across that golf course." They were like, "Holy shit, you guys!" (laughs) Or like one was a wave crashing. (laughs) They were like, "I think it's gonna keep crashing." Uh, Call me crazy. (laughs) And they were like, "Fucking a!" (laughs) This thing is brilliant. This thing's magical. (laughs) And 
Yeah, and, that, and then like MIT uh, Mission Impossible Technology also developed an algorithm that could predict how people will greet each other and got a lot of cool headlines for that. It was trained on YouTube videos and reruns of The Office and Desperate Housewives. Amazing. <laughs> and it was only right just over 43% of the time. We never greet each other like we do on Desperate Housewives. Right. I wish we did, but like I can't just walk up to my enemy and slap him across the face. It's not reality. I know. But and that sucks. And hopefully we'll get to that world <laughs> mm-hmm. soon. You know, that, sooner that's rather my later. future that I'm hopeful yeah. for. But so one second away from the greeting, they could only predict it 43 percent of the time. So th- this is what I'm always wondering. Like, what? how does that compare to humans? Humans making the same prediction were right 71 percent of the time. Okay. So, much better than this AI that everyone... Did you guys ever see the 60 Minutes where they... Like, the 60 Minutes about AI? I think it came out, like, back in March or April. And, like, I think it's Scott Pelley, like, one of the old journalists on 60 Minutes is just like, okay, like, write a speech for me about this. And then he seems to be blown away by, like, the amount of text it produces... Like, he's like, that just wrote a whole speech in four mm-hmm. seconds. Like, he's, <laughs> it's like he's never seen a computer before. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think we're at a weird place where people will, you can just be like, magic AI is bad guy in movie. And everyone's like, yep, mm-hmm. that, that makes sense. Cause like, we, we should be afraid of AI, but people don't really know why necessarily we should be. And so we just, you know, like it's the same thing that happens with all our conspiracy theories. And, you know, we should be scared about the pandemic. We should be scared about the government's response to the pandemic. But people create like vast conspiracy theories just to make sure they're like scared about it for nonsensical reasons. Mm-hmm. It's like we we need that like cognitive dissonance transference happening. And I feel like we're starting to see that with AI like AI is going to be magic and tell us everything that could happen to us for the rest of our lives. And that's that's not the scary thing about AI. Right. The scary thing is like Skynet. And that's the thing, like movies have been having AI as the villain for like decades now. And I feel like I don't know what my point is going to be. But remember Terminator 1? <laughs> I remember do. The Matrix from 1999 over sure 20 do. years ago? Like, I just think it's funny that AI, I guess, hasn't evolved very much in movies. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, for real. Like, We've it, been knowing, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting, you know, movies by their very nature have to heighten and dramatize in order to effectively bring home their message, particularly if we're looking at genre films. And the AI has always been like, you know, turns into a cop and now it's hunting you or, you know, it takes away your freedom of choice. You know, if we look at uh, The Matrix. Yes. What's the other one? The uh, Minority Report. Yeah, Minority Report. Minority Report, Mm -hmm. like they're so that's like also might commit a crime, and mm-hmm. it's set in the future. It's like a sci-fi movie where right. it's like minor, or uh, sorry, Mission Impossible is supposed to be like, even though they can take masks off that make them look exactly yeah. like the other person, like you you wouldn't see Tom Cruise fighting robots necessarily, 
or like no you know that that feels like it's a step into this is shit that can actually happen yeah yeah and i appreciate the grounding i think we got there because it's so much more tactile in this moment i think between if you think about your grocery store workers who have been concerned about self-checkout for like over a decade a lot of those stores are unionized and have actively been like hey you're taking jobs from like checkout counter people some of whom are elderly and this is like the last place they can work and make money consistently to the writers and actors who may be on strike by the time this comes out and their fear that not only could ai be used to take their job but i mean for performers can my face be doing things long 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 after i'm dead and what will that look like i think as we're sort of confronting these things, AI is a, is a really friggin' dope tool. I'm so much more concerned about these executives who are like, oh, great, now I don't have to pay people. Did you guys see the io9 article that was written by AI that came out a couple days ago that had the internet mm-hmm. in a tangle? Yeah, that's, <laughs> this is like, I, I've, ever since I've been, you know, working on the internet, creating, trying to create, like, unique, interesting content, there's also been this push to just flood the zone with shit, to quote uh, Steve Bannon. Like, mm-hmm. we we used to, like, at crack, Cracked was owned by a company that was, like, also just destroying Google's search results with just, like, fake articles, like, ans- answers to questions and stuff, and they were, like, mm-hmm. trying to get us to, like, do that. Just, like, there was, like, scale. How do we scale? And like that's been, you know, that that intersection of tech and media mm-hmm. has always been scary because it's very easy for them to just create 99 million articles using technology now that like yeah. pass like a, a little bit. Like you have to like read a paragraph to be like, wait, this this wasn't written by a human, was it? Yeah. So the Iron yeah. article was like ranking the Star Wars movies in like chronological, chronological order, order, I think. Yeah. yeah. And they got the dates <laughs> wrong on many of them. Sometimes they weren't even listed in chronological order the way they were dated. The information in individual movies was incorrect. It was just error filled. Like no logical sane editor would have been like, and published. And what's <laughs> crazy is I don't know, has an entire union that's actively been like, hey, we do not want this. It does not make sense to ask an AI program that cannot consistently write fact-checked articles to be publishing these and then asking somebody, an editor, to like go through and essentially rewrite this incorrect work that isn't benefiting anyone because who needs this list? Yeah. We have 27,000 of this very specific, well, this is dumb. Uh, and it's wild that, you know, I'm glad the internet roasted the... Editor-in-chief pretty intently. I'm really hoping that brings them back to the table and there can be marketing discussions about how this company decides to use AI in the future. But it's that kind of stupid shit that's like really graining, I think, on workers across job titles. It's just like, what are we, what are you trying? You just want to force people out of work. And that's not a logical yeah. thing for you to do to yourself. You need and the people product, to have money. Yeah. To bananas. your point, the product sucks. Like the product, like the AI too. is bad as it's fu- bad at its fucking job. Like with, <laughs> with regards to like the self checkout thing, the the AI like can't stop people from stealing stuff, and so the companies mm-hmm. are like losing massive amounts of money on theft. And then 
in order to combat that they're just like making claims that like everyone's shoplifting when it's just like no like you just put a like inadequate program like as the thing in charge of like making sure people can't steal stuff or like that they don't want to steal stuff and it's just not going to it's not gonna work but right. they I made it way too easy because when i was yeah. in college we would for sure ring up like a full roast chicken as like some grapes Bam, yeah, we're good. <laughs> Stop. No. Uh, and there's person there's no possible way you could get like that used to be somebody's job to scan and bag your stuff. There's no possible way to get around this. That's what I'm saying, though. Like none of these things are thought yeah. out. They just see a way to potentially preserve money without looking at the yeah. long term costs. And then they still have point. to hire someone to monitor the self checkout yeah. areas. Mm-hmm. So it's like, right. well, yeah. How much money are you actually saving, Mr. Right. Grocery? Yeah, <laughs> big grocery, which are now owned by just like two companies in mm-hmm. all of America. But yeah, like, so they've also been using it in cr- like predictive crime fighting technology. But of course, Poor first guy. of all, the data that it's being fed is from police data. So it's, you know, using the... It's not predicting crime. It's predicting like where police are spending their time is essentially, which is in low income and, you know, non-white neighborhoods. And it's just complete bullshit. There, there's one great anecdote where Chicago's predictive policing software created by the Illinois Institute of Technology compiled a list of people most likely to be involved in a violent crime. And they oh, like, no. Ha AI, baby. Check out this. It, because it was generated by AI, you can trust this. And then an imbe- investigation later found that the software's list of future criminals included every single person arrested or fingerprinted in Chicago since 2013. Whoa. <laughs> so it was just like copying off of another like data That's set. All AI <laughs> can do is it can gather and redistribute information using keywords that the imp- person using it inputs which means it's logically going to be flawed because it's not understanding the words it's just reorganizing them in a way that it thinks makes sense to you it's not a yeah. thinking machine yeah <sighs> technology is not there yet and people are way too eager to jump into it in a, in a way that would almost assuredly collapse society which is why it's insane to me that we're still having to like explain this to people to be like they're like <laughs> did you see the article from uh what was it the hollywood reporter they came out about the executives and how they're choosing to fight the unions. Yeah, by just waiting mm-hmm. them out. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And the the key part that's resonated with me was like, this is a necessary evil. Yeah. Was the verbatim words from this quote source. And we're pretty sure this is a scare tactic to get SAG to not strike. And then saying, hey, we, we'll wait out the writers, we'll wait out the actors as well. But I think what's really happened is they fired up the base of unions to be like, um, excuse me, <laughs> unnecessary yeah. evil is not destroying the beautiful industry and community that people have tried to create here for literally over a century. It's nonsensical. I, I just yeah. I can't understand the end game other than I guess forty people will be a little bit wealthier. Than yeah, that's they were all before. it is. I yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to cause society to collapse. It'll just accelerate the thing that's already happening, which is just like grotesque inequality like gets worse and like they're able to hire fewer people to do jobs and also the other thing that key that seems to be happening is like the quality of everything is getting worse 
And like mm-hmm. that's going to keep happening, you know, like yeah. TV shows, mm-hmm. movies or. But to like, my point, isn't that like. If we can track revolutions based off the price of bread, right? Like so when people can no longer afford bread, that's when they riot in the streets and take out leaders and get very serious about their actions because bread is everybody's base staple for survival. Yeah. Then if we have a fairly large like the entertainment community is huge. I know some people think this is like a very small or elite space, but it's ginormous. And most of the people working in it are like working class people. And so Mm -hmm. if you eliminate everyone who, I mean, because essentially what if when AI gets good enough, when it's actually usable, it will eliminate everybody who is of average talent, right? What you do is you write pretty cute Hallmark stories and you're pretty good at that, and they're successful enough to get commercials into air frequently, then great, you can probably buy a house and you can feed your kids and send them to college and you can have a very comfortable life. If AI can do that job, then you're wiping out hundreds of thousands of jobs, and that is really, really bad news for, like, Los Angeles, the county. Mm-hmm. I just, to, to me, I know it's, like, a small first step, but to me, like, the dominoes seem large and looming. Oh, for and, sure. And, absolutely yeah. like probable like if, if mm-hmm. things are not stopped immediately and i really think that that's the takeaway from the wga strike and and i really do hope sag joins because it's it's not just going to stop at the entertainment industry it's going to continue to sprawl out toward like we are one american workforce yeah uh, and we're all about to be impacted by this shit it's crazy yeah mm-hmm. but yeah i I think if people had a better sense also of how shitty AI is at its job, it would <laughs> it would help, to, you know, help the cause yeah. of being like, we don't want you to do a like take a program that is like better than, you know, what we could have gotten a year ago when if we were like Microsoft Word, write me a screenplay. Like, yeah, that's not good. It's not gonna be good. But like, it's still not good. And like, you know, all all of anything that you're applying AI to still has all the problems that your previous systems had because it's using those previous systems as input. So mm-hmm. just the the fact that like news articles about these things fail to focus on like the main point of the study and instead are just like, it's predicting the future. And then like that bleeds into our, you know, our Mission Impossible films, our number, like our modern day constitution. What what what's that gonna what's gonna happen? We're, but, anyways, well, Caitlin, such a pleasure <laughs> having you on the podcast. It, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much. Where can people find you? Follow you? All that good stuff. Uh, you can follow me on the social media platforms. I've lost track. What's the one <laughs> that's the Instagram one? Threads. I don't even Threads. Yeah, I guess I'm on that. Have I posted anything? <laughs> no, but you can follow me there if you want. Um, and the other places. Also, listen to my podcast, The Bechtel Cast, that I co-host with Jamie Loftus. Jamie Speaking Loftus. of AI, the episode we released today is on the Disney Channel original movie classic, Smart House. So you're welcome, everybody. Yes! And- <laughs> what a win for us. I can't wait to listen. <laughs> And if you live in or near L.A., I've got some stand-up comedy shows coming Hell up. Yeah. I'll, I'll, um, if you go to my website, CaitlinDurante.com, the information will be there. But I have one July 28th. It is at 11 p.m., but that shouldn't stop you from going. That's a Friday mm. night. Um, comedy and then I night. Have, 
that's comedy night in America. <laughs> and so I've got paint nights, I've got trivia nights, and I've got comedy, comedy nights. Night. That's right. uh, I have another comedy night on August 2nd. That one is a, a more reasonable hour of 8 o'clock at night. There you go. So check that out. We'll go check all of those places. Is there a work of media that you've been enjoying? Yes. I These days I usually plug a movie. This one came out um, about a month ago, but it's still in a lot of theaters, I think. So I would recommend people watch The Blackening. I thought it was super yes. funny and had a blast. Nice. Joelle, thank you Yo. so much for guest hosting on the show. Uh, where can people that. find you and follow you? Yeah, okay. So guys, go to dinner-film.com. It's a dash like a hyphen. It's a symbol. If you need help finding it, it's on every app I'm on, which is all of them. Just go to the link in my bio and it'll pop up. Yeah. What's my handle? It's Joel Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique. It's J-O-E-L-L-E-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. Guys, promoting things is a challenge. I'm going to get better at it. <laughs> a piece of media I have been enjoying. It is a total cop-out because everyone already knows. This. It shocks no one. But have you all seen The Bear? It's great. I Honestly, when people are like, haven't gotten into it yet, I'm like, I know there's a mass number of things you could be watching. I know... It's called The Bear, and it looks like it might be dramatic and depressing. I promise you, it's not. It's so fiery and entertaining and funny, and the food looks so good, and it makes your heart feel good. And sometimes makes you a little bit sad, but it's totally worth it because the journey is so well written and performed. Congrats to Iowa Debris, who's so many nominations this year. I'm watching her career is so inspirational. Mm. Watch The Bear, folks. Give it all the love it deserves. It's It's good for your soul. It's really good. What oh, about you, I'm, Jack? <laughs> I'm taking that one very slowly. I'm still in the first season, but every time I watch it, I'm like, man, I, I really like that show. There's no problem but, going slow. It's it, it will be there for you, and it will remain great. So my wife, like, re when I, when I was like out of town one time, like left me behind on like episode five. Like she just like <laughs> binged the rest of it, and oh, so no. um, like I, I'm just squeezing it in, and I can't do it when we're doing our TV watching. So, boo, I'll, no, I'll you make her rewatch it, so. Jack. You'd be like, we could have watched this together this the first time. She <laughs> <laughs> ruined it. Did you intentionally say my wife like Borat, or was that unintentional? <laughs> what I didn't say. You heard like, it Borat. too, right? What are you Joel? About? Just a little bit. Just a, 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 I didn't a say casual like Borat. Boratting. No. <laughs> I think you're like, my wife. My wife? That's just how I say my, my wife. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find me on threads at Jack underscore O underscore Brian. I'm on threads and so many <laughs> underscores in there. Nice. And a couple tweets I've been enjoying. Sydney Battle tweeted, if you texted me and I didn't respond, can you text me again to bring it back to the top? I'm too <laughs> scared to scroll down there. <laughs> Which, yeah. Uh, and then PJ Evans tweeted, is water in season right now? It's hitting so hard. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which, yeah, water's good right now. It's good. Delicious. Peak water. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song 
that we think you might enjoy. Uh, Miles is out today, so we don't have his song Rex. He's on the road back tomorrow, but we have the special treat of getting a song recommendation from Super Producer Justin. Super Producer Justin, is there a song that you think people might enjoy? Uh, yeah, I do. Considering we have two film people in the building today with us, I wanted to suggest a song that has like a very strong visual component when it comes to the music video, so I'll be linking off to that in the footnotes. footnotes. This is a song called Smoke Break Dance by Mick Jenkins featuring Jid or J.I.D., this track is super, super good. It's very jazzy, like boom bap type of hip hop with, you know, obviously incredible lyricism from Mick. But the video is has so many powerful visuals. It's like a feast for the eyes, like every couple of seconds. There's something beautiful happening with the art and playing off the lyrics. It's a really cool interplay of, of words and visuals. So uh, you can go ahead and check this song out in the footnotes. That's Mick Jenkins, Smoke Break Dance featuring Jid. All right. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. 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 Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.